pledge allegiance to the band. It may perhaps discourage you, not as of your kidney, or infected with this vicious virus, that you'll be ordered to pay a fine of 75 pounds. I'll pay now, go boy. Just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder. These guys are 11. Welcome to Movies That Rock, a rock and roll journey through cinema. I'm your host, Josh Fitzgerald, and I have a very special guest with me this evening who's here to talk about the ill-fated Fire Festival, which is the subject of two documentaries on Netflix and Hulu. This is comedian and the host of Rock Solid. I'm super excited to have on the show to me tonight, Mr. Pat Francis. Welcome, Pat. Thanks for hey, doing Josh. this. Oh, my pleasure. I, I, I'm excited about the topic. I'm excited to be on the show. This is definitely going to bring some good conversation. Usually when I do these, I have a lot of notes and I prepare a lot in advance for this one. I did not. And you told me I didn't have to prepare anything other than watch the two documentaries. So yeah, just lead my lead me uh, wherever you want to go. Yeah, well, they kind of cover the same ground for the most part, but from two different perspectives. Um, before we do that, maybe talk a little bit about your show, which um, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of my listeners our listeners of yours as well. Uh, sure. Uh, my, my show is called uh, Rock Solid. Uh, it's the Rock Solid podcast. Mm -hmm. It's hosted by myself and my uh, my producer slash co-host, <laughs> is, um, my nephew, Kyle Dotson. And uh, we drop an episode every Thursday. We've been around for, this is our eighth year, going into our wow. ninth year coming up in the summer. That's amazing. Have, uh, it's, it's wild. It really is wild. Uh, we have, uh, 396 episodes wow. and 1.4 million downloads all told up. Oh my up. gosh, that's amazing. Uh, and, uh, you know, we featured, uh, we featured great guests. We've had such guests as, uh, Melissa Etheridge, Sammy Hagar, Nancy Wilson of Heart, uh, Weird Al Yankovic, Sean Cassidy. Mm -hmm. You've had Stuart Copeland from The Police was on there. Stuart Copeland from The Police. Yeah. The Zombies. The zombies. I've had so many guests that I sometimes, uh, when people go, "Oh, who have some of your guests been?" I, I kind of draw a blank. But um, right. <laughs> I also have some rotating co-hosts: comedian Mike Siegel, comedian Murray Valariano, and uh, television writer Christy Stratton. Mm -hmm. So they rotate in, and when and when they're on the show, we do like a topic. It could be anything as simple as uh, the word "rain," and we would just play songs with "rain" in the title. So we just uh, it, I call it a comedy podcast because we try try to have fun, and uh, you know, and we just uh, we love music. We're music nerds, same as uh, you are, Josh, and mm -hmm. your listeners. And uh, I, I love doing the show. I, I've never I've never said to myself or to my wife, "Uh, I have to podcast." <laughs> so if you're thinking about doing a podcast, uh, do it for fun first and mm -hmm. foremost. And it won't be a chore. You know, it's funny. When I started this, I was getting a lot of anxiety about making sure I have, you know, content for every month and this and that and making sure I was on a regular schedule and everything. And it was way more stress than it needed to be. And it wasn't enjoyable. And now that I'm just kind of, eh, whenever I record, I record. 
and it's yeah. been a lot more fun. And Rock Solid is it's one of my comfort food shows. Every Thursday morning, it's the first thing I do when I'm getting ready in the morning, driving to work. It's, it's good company. And I've had the privilege of being on a couple times, which, so you guys you, check out those episodes. <laughs> you were great on the show. We did a BD episode, and we did an ABBA episode, and those are both <laughs> great. And those, those are two of the episodes that I, I get a lot of feedback on. People love oh, really? those so yeah that's awesome to hear yeah the Bee Gees was uh, um was a good time because that was uh, christy joined us for that one yes and, and christy's great yeah she she was a blast and then abba you know i mean they're abba so you can't go and wrong my, there my favorite thing is when we do a band or an artist episode and i'll get an email and people will say uh i do not i am not a fan of iron maiden <laughs> But man, I love that episode, you know, or whatever. And because um, we, I mean, we try, we try to be entertaining. We yeah. try. Yeah. You succeed most of the time. Thank you. <laughs> I'll take that. Okay. <laughs> Since the podcast has been around, I've purchased more music in the eight years than I, than I've had in a long time because I'll hear like a couple of songs and I'm like, well, let me try one CD and then two and the next thing I own it all. So it's, it's very uh, addicting. It's it's the domino it, effect. It is. I agree. We have a good community too of listeners, and mm. I, I think everyone interacts. And people email me all the time. I I answer emails. I I try to answer them, you know, within a day of when they come in. So uh, I like to just I like that I like that community feel. I like that people. You know, it's so funny when someone will email and go, "Sorry to take up some of your time," and I'm like, "Are you what?" <laughs> I'm guilty of that myself. I do feel bad. <laughs> like I'm inconveniencing people. <laughs> like, no. Give me attention. You know, that's I always Not, feel guilty. Never feels like that. But. <laughs> that, but you're right, though. We do the camaraderie in, in the Twitter sphere and in the social media sphere for, for the Rock Solid show and for the music universe you've kind of helped to build is really amazing. Well, thank you. I, I, I didn't I didn't realize that that would happen. But now that it has, I, I think it's cool. And I've met so many of the of the listeners and, and had such a great time hanging out with so many people. Yeah. And uh, what's cool too is like, if, if there's something that I can't find for some reason, a song or an album or anything, if I just mention that on the podcast, like blatantly say, Hey, if anyone has this, could you send it to me? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just, people send it to me and I love that. And, I, and I'll do the same for other people. Sometimes if I play a song, I'll say, Oh, this, this CD is out of print, but if you'd like the files, let me know and I'll send them to you. I don't know how, I mean, if something's out of print, I don't feel like I'm, you know, crossing any lines. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Sure, if you liked it and it came into print, you would you would buy it then, but anyway. Right, exactly. Oh, and don't forget some of the great contests you have too. A little plug for that for your Patreon page. <laughs> oh yeah, I have, a, I have a Patreon page and um, one of the tiers, uh, well, it's just, the, it's the lowest, the $2 tier, I give away prizes. Um, oh, Almost weekly, it seems. I didn't plan on giving away prizes weekly, but mm -hmm. I'm a guy who doesn't – I don't mind contacting uh, publishers or record labels or if there's a cool rock doc that comes out, I'll contact the movie company. And, and they always they always send me great prizes. And um, I got to be honest, when I ask for like – like for example, we gave away Roger Daltrey's autobiography. And I just said – I go, I go, yeah, can I get five copies? I don't know how many copies they would send me, but I said five. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know if it said 10, if they would go, we can't send 10. But yeah, and then um, now recently Patreon contacted me and they said that I couldn't, I couldn't say 
I couldn't have prizes listed in the description of the tier because it violates oh. some gambling law or something. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I'm doing, I, so I took that verbiage off. Mm. I let everyone know that we're still giving away prizes. And instead of listing it as a giveaway every week, I just put a picture of the prize and I ask a trivia question. Okay. Yeah. I did. I did see something about the trivia. Thing. So yeah, yeah, the trivia questions now, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Those are giveaways. <laughs> And instead of posting a winner's video, I just uh, I think I'm just I'm just going to make that video live uh, on my on my YouTube page. Mm. And then I'll mail everyone who entered the contest uh, a, a link or just tell them to find out who wins. Go to the YouTube page. Yeah. So, I mean, I just got around it simply because I do love Patreon and I don't want them to tell me I can't be on Patreon because I'm giving away you know, a Melissa Etheridge book. Right. That's, that's kind of, <laughs> that's a little silly, ridiculous. Yeah. It's really silly to me because the contest, everyone answers the trivia question. And then if you, if you answered it correctly, then I do a random drawing with this, uh, with this website on the web. It's called the Ninja Picker. I put everyone's mm, yeah. name in, you click a button and it picks their names randomly. So it's all random. And I wonder if some people just like fast forward to see, <laughs> or if they sit there and watch, because sometimes the video is ten minutes long right. until uh, until the five winners are announced. But right, right, and one one of the former guests of of this show, Mister Michael Bagford, seems to be oh. you know he's banking on these prizes. Yeah, oh, that was a great episode too, your Tommy episode. Oh, thank uh, you. I, I'm a I'm a big Who fan, and mm-hmm. and you guys really uh, covered the band a lot prior to getting into the movie, so that was cool. That was and, yeah, Michael fun. Bagford. Michael Bagford has. He he went he just he just won this past week <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, he wins all the time, and I I got you know I just tell people look it's random you can see that I'm not doing anything right so um so yeah he's he's just lucky sometimes Michael's the first guy to answer really oh he's yeah because I, I, I post I post it noon on Friday and you have until noon on Sunday mm-hmm. to to get your answer in. Now, there's been times when I haven't checked it till like three in the afternoon on Sunday, and mm-hmm. I would take everyone's answer up until the point I check it. But yeah. noon is the, is the cutoff. But he's usually like the first guy in, and he doesn't <laughs> enter every time either, which he mm-hmm. could. But I like that he's like, well, I don't really want that, so I'm not going to try to win that. Why would I win it if I don't want it and someone really wants right. it? Right, so, especially since he knows he probably is going to win it anyway. Right, and I appreciate that, although – you could enter every single time. So, oh, and yeah. what's great? Can I say one more thing? Oh, of course, yeah. When I, when I have when I have uh, the um, the musical guests in, I always bring stuff for them to sign, whether uh, it's books, these yeah. albums, and I give those away. And that's well worth your money. If you, I I had Odyssey and Oracle CDs signed by three of the original zombies. I mean, that that if, is so if awesome. Paying, if you're paying two dollars a month and you win that, that's like an investment because. Yeah. Not that you would sell it, but you could sell it. You know what I mean? Right, and make, right. And for two dollars a month, that's like, come on, you know, you can't beat uh, that's that. That's what I was. I'm. Uh, I know how many listeners we have, and um, you know, it it it, it shocks me that more that I don't have more Patreon people at two dollars. But um, mm-hmm. but you know what? I don't. I I you know I don't want to ram it down everyone's throat. But uh, I do tweet about it a lot, and I mention it on the show once. But and the other the my that my five dollar tier. Uh, you you get to enterprises, but and I'll follow you back on Twitter, mm-hmm. and then I do a thing called the ASAP Club where I send people the episodes pretty soon after we record them and way before they post to the world, 
and again, right now, I think I have five episodes in the can. So the $5 tier and up, they've had those episodes for for a long time. For months now, yeah. Yeah, for months, yeah. And I mean, some people like it and some people, you know, say, uh, you know, I, I still listen on the day. And that's cool too, but anyway. I usually will do both. I'll, I'll usually kind of like browse when yeah. you know for the for the ASCP club maybe not the whole episode and then when it officially drops I'll yeah. do I'll re-listen to the whole thing but I can understand like if I had a, if I had a musical guest on and you were going to hear that 2 weeks before it drops I mean I would listen to something like that immediately too oh yeah like Nancy Wilson I listened to right away but a couple of my favorites were her Stuart Copeland and um Terry Nunn Terry was Nunn so cool was so cool I mean whenever Kyle and I like make our list you know just to each other who are our favorite guests? She's always right. She's like the first person we say because she came in at night mm-hmm. by herself. You know, <laughs> not that we record in a strange and we we record right. in Studio City. It's a nice area, but she just came by herself. Some people bring handlers with them, but she came by herself. And uh, her 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 publicist said Terry likes wine. If you want to have some wine, so we had wine. We drank a <laughs> bottle of wine with her. She was just awesome. Like at the end of that one, if she would have said, do you guys want to go out and get some food? It wouldn't have seemed weird. You know, I always use the term and um, I, 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 I sometimes say this to the guests off the air or sometimes on. But because uh, I don't think it's a derogatory term at all. Mm. But I, I she's a cool chick. Yeah, she is. That's what I say. <laughs> she was a cool chick. So, and you know, uh, I think she would embrace that. She yeah, absolutely. She would. So yeah, uh, so, yeah it's just it's um, yeah, it's cool. Since I live in Los Angeles, uh, like I'm on Skype right now with Josh, but I don't do Skype and I don't do phoners because mm. you have access to so many musicians uh, and artists that live in L.A. So I, I, I like meeting them in person. I, I like sitting down with them because if you, people who have never listened to the show, we do like we kind of do a career retrospective when we have a musical guest and we go through their catalog and we play we play their music. And uh, just to watch them listen to their own music through headphones, you know, they don't listen to their own music. Yeah. If, if They might play it on tour, but the chance that they went back and they listened to their catalog of recorded music, that's really slim. You know what I mean? Right, right. So I look at their, um, their reactions, like they're like, wow, that sounds really good. Or, hey, you know what? That guitar part's great. Or the drums are kicking, whatever they say. Uh, it's, it's really cool. And to see the expression on their face, um, that's gotta be, it's rewarding. Yeah. When some, some people I've recorded with, you Mm. can tell in and they don't quite know what's going to happen or how it's (laughs) going to go. And, and then, uh, you know, I do, I, I do my research and I try to ask questions that, that a fan would want to know. I, I, Mm -hmm. I don't ask them. I don't think I ask them the same old question that anyone would ask me or they've answered a million times. Mm-hmm. And whenever we're done recording and I walk them out to their cars, 95% of the time they say to me, wow, this was really great. You knew, you really know your stuff. This was fun or whatever. And that's that so cool. That makes me feel good. Yeah. yeah. Cause if someone said this was a waste of my time, <laughs> I would be so, I would really be bummed out. Cause I don't want that to ever be the case. That'd be so disappointing. It would really, <laughs> Disappointing. We had Ronnie James Dio's widow on Wendy, mm-hmm. and uh, she had such a good time. I mean, because when we and she told me, she told me a couple stories that she didn't want to say on Mike. She told me off <laughs> that it was that were great, but she was so nice to me. And then 
she invited Kyle and I to go to this. Uh, they do two cancer events mm. for mm-hmm. me, uh, Ronnie's name a year. And the most recent one was it's it's called Bowl for Ronnie. It's it's a, mm. a night at bowling alley. And, a, you know, Jack Black was there. A bunch of geezer butler from Black <laughs> so cool. was there. Eddie Trunk hosted. There were just tons of people there. But she invited me to that. And when she saw me that night, she was immediately, oh, you came. And she Aww. was like, it was really cool. I mean, um, yeah, it was, it and was you great. And just make these connections with people. And, and it's a difference, I think, between where you're doing a podcast like yours, where you're doing it out of passion versus yeah. conducting an interview because it's your job. I think people really, they, right. people notice that. They can see the difference between wanting to do it and have, you know, be, being yeah. forced to do it. If this was my, if this was like a job, like if someone hired me to do music interviews or whatever, a Netflix show called The Rock Solid Interview, I would, I would still do it the exact same way I do it on the podcast because um, I, I'm always like, I've been like, I've been like, press people will contact me and they'll say, hey, would you like to have this person on? And if the person's not in my wheelhouse or that I really don't, I'm not a fan or I don't know about them, mm-hmm. I, I, I will be honest. I'll say, to be honest, this, this, and this, um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do your client, uh, the service that maybe someone else could Yeah. because I, I don't want to have people on just to, Oh, I had this person on. It really has to be right. someone that I am passionate about. And because, um, yeah, cause then it's not, not going to make, you're not going to be invested in it. The audience right. probably won't be invested in it. Right. And ultimately like I, the artist is not going to feel right. Right. Yeah. Like when I, when I watch that Dan rather interview, the big interview, mm-hmm. uh, that's the job I want. I'm so, it's so like when he, like he, he, you know, he interviewed, like he was interviewing Carly Simon. I'm like, no, I do imagine (laughs) Martha's Vineyard and interview Carly Simon. It's like, uh, but, uh, that guy gets everyone. I'm like, Oh, Robert plant. Come on. (laughs) Maybe you just got to set up shop in your garage. Like, I know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Like, like, uh, like Mark Maron. Maron, Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how he got people to come to his house. I would, um, I don't, That's I insane uh, to me. <laughs> yeah, I would feel like when they come to uh, it's my wife's office where she teaches screenwriting. Mm-hmm. But you know, we're all set up professional. It's all professional in there. But when they come there, I feel. But I wouldn't be like, "Well, you want to come to my house?" I'd be like, "What?" <laughs> like we had we had we had uh, bassist Rudy Sarzo on. He played with Ozzy, mm-hmm. White Snake, Quiet Riot. He probably lives uh, ten minutes from my house, but I still wouldn't ask him to come to my house. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, that would be so uncomfortable. And I, I imagine for so. the guests too, you know, like coming to this really a stranger's house and just. Yeah. And, and coming up to my office. Right. I just didn't seem. It so you're seem stepping in my office, please. <laughs> You've been there. We like we I put uh, even when it's just me and Kyle, I put uh, we have, there's a big screw flat screen TV in the office and I put yeah. uh, I put up the podcast logo. I put it up on the big screen. It just it's makes super me feel professional. Like yeah. We're doing a show. Right. Right. And you don't have that when you're in a garage. You just have junk no. laying all around. No, you have your stuff. <laughs> Podcasting is weird, though, because like right now you and I are talking, and we're talking mm. as if someone is listening to us right now. Right. But no one's listening to us right now. It's just, yeah. It's, just me, it's a, just it's a closed too. conversation, yeah. Right. And it's so – sometimes when I step back and think about that, I'm like, that's kind of weird. Like right. if you're on radio – you're live on the radio and people are listening to you mm-hmm. in real time. So it's, it is a, it is a weird, neat thing that you have to 
Like right now, you and I are pretending <laughs> that people are listening to us right now. Right. And and hopefully they will in the future. Right. But I but I mean you have to <laughs> so that it sounds like that live to tape. Right. Exactly. I think that what's weird about doing radio, even though you know that people are listening in real time, you're still technically speaking to nobody because you're in a room by yourself speaking into a right. microphone and you don't have like you and I are interacting with each other, but you don't have yes. that on the radio. You're just saying words basically into a microphone. And so that's kind of awkward too. And you have to think on the fly. It's tough. Yeah. There's been, um, I said my ne my nephew Kyle is my producer, mm -hmm. but there's been times when musical guests could only come in during the day. And when he, uh, he works during the day as a job. Mm -hmm. So I would have to do those by myself. Mm -hmm. And it's a very <laughs> strange thing because I have some, memories and some experiences that I can't share them with because I was the only one there. Like I was, Oh yeah. When the zombies were on, it was just me. When Nancy Wilson was on, it was just me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a band called action skulls, which is Vicki Peterson of the bangles, mm -hmm. Bill Moomy from lost in space so and cool. John Calcil from the Calcils. And he's the <laughs> current drummer for the beach boys. Well, they all came in and it was just me and they played live in the studio oh two God. songs for me. Just to you. <laughs> I mean, they're playing for the 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 audience that we just talked about. Yeah. The audience out in the atmosphere. But they they played like they were playing for a whole group of people, and it was just me. And I gotta be honest. Unbelievable. When three people are playing a song for you, it's awkward. <laughs> like I don't know where to look. I'm like, where do I look? Do I look down? Which one of you at? three do I look at, or do I look at the floor? <laughs> no, I'm, I want to look at Vicki Peterson. Right. <laughs> uh, she's easy on the eye. Right. But uh, but then here's uh, Bill Mooney. He's a TV icon, and there's John Cowsill. Right. Also also easy on the eye. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> though, yeah. So those are those are the ones. Whenever I go it alone, just with a with a celebrity guest or a musical guest, uh, like the zombies, it was just me, and then they're handler but that was no one i didn't have any, i don't have anyone to share that with i just right, well, right. I, share, I share with everyone when you listen i always tell people too like like whenever i leave to record a, a, a musician or a musical guest my wife will go have a great podcast and i'll go i i i, I i'll be like i won't believe it until they walk in the door you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah someone tells you they're coming i still don't believe it until i see them yeah you know what i mean it's just like, well, they might not come. And they I, don't know. I'm sure you've been stood up before. So it's <laughs> Stephen Pierce, he stood us up a couple times. That's and, um, and Steve Lukather got the got the day wrong. So that doesn't. Oh count. yeah, that's that's different. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's way different. But yeah, yeah. Stephen Pierce, and like I would come, he stood us up like three times. He didn't show up, Jeez. and my wife would be like, my wife was just like. Well, just move on. I go, nope. <laughs> I go, nope. I go, now it's a game for me. Yeah. I go, now I'm just going to keep going until he finally shows up. And, uh, <laughs> and lo and behold, he did. Yeah, lo and behold, he did. Oh, another person stood me up. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm driving to the studio one night uh, to record with Eddie Money. And uh, my phone rings while I'm on the way to the studio. And it's a number I don't know. But it's, uh, you know, it's a Los Angeles area code so i i take the call mm -hmm. and i hear uh hey man it's eddie money <laughs> like, oh hey eddie this is pat i'm just letting <laughs> out in the studio oh brother i got a 
I got a flat tire. Oh, I'm like, okay, so you're going to be a little late? Uh, I don't got a spare. Okay, so, <laughs> and I'm just like, ah, uh, and the, did the dog eat your homework too? Right. <laughs> so, uh, so he goes, we'll reschedule for next week. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then never, never rescheduled. Never and, we still, and we still have never done it with any money. <laughs> and he and probably still to- hasn't had the tire replaced either. <laughs> I didn't believe it. For a, I didn't believe the story at all. And I got to be honest, if Eddie Money, when we finally get him on the show, he will be so excited that he did this show because you have no idea, and neither does he, what a big Eddie Money fan I am. Yeah. I am like, he's going to, it's going to be the biggest kiss ass <laughs> money fest you've ever heard. So he's going to be, but, he's going to be pissed that he made up that excuse the first time. I know he won't even remember. That's true. So, um, <laughs> anyway, okay, Josh. I, all I'm doing is talking about my show. Oh, it's Let's... fine. I'm here for it. I, that, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, do, do you want to get into Firefest? Are you ready? Let's, let's get into Firefest. Also, I believe that uh, Ya Rule just dropped a brand new app. Maybe today. Ooh, it's I did not know about this. It's basically an app. Where you can book acts through. Does that sound okay. familiar? Okay, yes. I now didn't let, realize let that it was – okay. That's like the Fry Music booking app. He has a, It's a different name now, right? Yeah, but I, anyone who buys that app or does anything with ja, ja Rule after watching these documentaries, you're, you, you get what you get. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So You got to anyway, know what but, you're in for. Yes, exactly. So when we when we end this call, I'm going to be doing some investigative work because okay, because they they mentioned something. I think it was on the Hulu one that he was getting back into the booking <laughs> thing or something. I didn't know that it was official though. Fire Festival. I don't even know where to start. I <laughs> now I got to be honest. I knew actually nothing about the Fire Festival before watching either one of these documentaries. I hadn't heard me, anything about it. Me neither. Yeah, and apparently it was such big news, but I don't remember any of it. Well, and uh, you look, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm way older than you, so <laughs> I definitely didn't hear about it. But I kind of thought maybe you did. Now, if you're telling me mm-hmm. you didn't, then nope. apparently you and I just don't uh, run or hang around with enough influencers. Right. <laughs> I get. We got to fix that. Yeah, and both of these both like dropped the same week, didn't they? So yes, yeah, so the Netflix one, I guess, had been anticipated for a long time. It it was really publicized that it was being made and everything. And then five days before that dropped, Hulu kind of swept in and dropped theirs, right, in advance of the Netflix one. They kind of stole their thunder a little bit. So now they're kind of battling it out over which documentary is the official one or the superior one or whatever you want to call it. Which one did you watch first? I watched the Netflix one first. Me too. Yes. And I almost wish I had watched the Hulu one first because it gave more of a history on Billy himself. And I think that would have made me see the Netflix one in a different light. Yeah. And the, the Hulu one's called fire fraud. The Netflix one is called fire colon the greatest party that never happened. Which one I don't want to be. I'm, I I feel like I'm in host mode. No, that's but fine. I, I. What what? Which one did you like better? Um, that's tough. They're pretty different. I think for yeah, enter- really, 
Yeah, I think for sheer entertainment value, I'd probably go with the Hulu one. And for like an info dump, I would go with the Netflix one. The Netflix one was more interesting. The Hulu one was more entertaining. Yeah, I agree with you. I I did like the Netflix one better because the Hulu one does a bunch of stuff that I hate in documentaries. Like when when they fall back on like public domain file footage of like, an old cartoon <laughs> that's true or something like, you know an old cartoon yeah. of a train wreck or something and i just like i hate that type of i don't want to call it cheesy it's just it's, i don't like it's very lazy filmmaking yes one big problem i had with the hulu one was how they exalted him at the beginning as this wunderkind he was a business savant when really no he was just an asshole <laughs> yeah, he's a douchebag. He's yeah. a shice. The the Hulu one they actually interview him. Kind of a waste, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, because I, were we supposed to feel sorry for him, or he didn't? I didn't feel like he felt remorse. No, it was very much a publicity stunt. I thought, but he didn't say anything of no. value at all. He just reiterated his excuses from from the trial, basically. All the footage of the from the actual fire festival when they were pl- all the planning footage. Um, he's like a, 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 a dumpy fat guy. Yes. And then when Hulu interviews him, he, I don't know if it was stress probably, but he had lost a ton of weight. Yeah. Or either that or he has nothing else to do in prison, but work out. Uh, yeah. Because uh, like he, his face is like really skinny. He has a, he has like a, a hot model girlfriend still. Oh my God, I know. Like how, I mean, and what country is she from? Cause she has a very thick accent. Yeah, she does. I just don't know what, I mean, I feel like he, the way he duped all these people to pay this exorbitant amount of money to come to this festival that he knew wasn't going <laughs> to happen. Like he's duped her somehow. Oh my I, God. You know, and she's still he, making excuses for him. Yeah. I mean, why, why doesn't she move on? There's, there's better looking dudes than him and people and oh, guys yeah. actually have something going on. I just don't. Yeah. Swipe left. <laughs> uh, but um, it was, it was amazing to watch First of all, how much did it cost to go to this thing? Oh, upwards of like a half a million dollars for the, for the, for the elite villas. Yeah. It's so funny. Like, I, again, this is showing my age. I only knew like two bands on the list that were supposed to be there. I yeah, didn't blink 182. <laughs> And I knew Yarul and, right. and maybe maybe one more, but I was like, I, people are going to pay this much money to go. It's not like when you go to Coachella and you see McCartney and the Stones and, you know, we see right. everyone. Right. I think the appeal was that they made that video with the babes yeah. on the beach and the drugs and the yacht. They were pouring that all over social media and everybody's like, oh, I got to be a part of this scene. And that, I think, was what the real draw was. Not so much the music. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're all going to be so shit-faced the, the whole time that – Right. Yeah. One thought they were going to hang out with and drink champagne with, with models. Right. <laughs> and have a – I guess have a VIP experience. Yeah. You know, like hang out with Kylie Jenner for a weekend. Yeah. I saw some – I think it was Kendall. Was it Kendall or oh, Kylie? Oh, Kendall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So they paid Kendall a quarter of a million dollars <laughs> to just uh, tweet or Instagram – Yep. About it. Just to promote. Yeah, just to promote. So I saw uh, some people, uh, some people on my Facebook page were, uh, were talking about this and people that I don't know, but were friends with them so they could chime in on the thread. They were like lambasting Kendall Jenner. And I was like, now look, if they said, 
hey, we'll give you a quarter of a million dollars for one Instagram post. And they paid her and she did it. Well, then for the people doing the fire festival, that is just marked up to and comes out of their advertising budget. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They were like, well, she should know better. I'm like, well, just the fact that they paid her made her think it was legit. Exactly. If they had that money to throw around, I mean, who's going to question it? I wouldn't question it. If someone said, oh, Pat, I'll give you, I don't know, five grand to tweet this. And and they paid me in advance. I would sure tweet it. And then if if orange box happened, I would tweet, hey, I didn't know anything about it. But I mean, you can't you can't fault. That girl, she did nothing wrong. Right. They gave her a quarter of a million dollars. If mm-hmm. once that's in your bank account, you that's proof that this is gonna happen. Yeah. It's it's not proof, but to you, the individual, you would think, well, it, this must be a thing if they have this kind of money to give me. And how the how in the hell did he get that kind of it's not like he was born with a silver spoon, like no. this dude had to get it from somewhere. I it's like when I <laughs> when I contact Capitol Records and they send me five cds he just does that on an astronomical level <laughs> i mean it is it was unbelievable what it, it, there's a some of the some people are interviewed in both documentaries but then some people are just in the netflix one right now there's a guy in the netflix one that's worked with this uh, billy mcfarland many many times he's the gray-haired gentleman i'm not quite sure what his job was was he an attorney not the blowjob guy right yeah well i, w- I was gonna say it a, a we're getting there way. later but oh okay but, <laughs> uh, you is that the guy you're thinking of or yeah that's who yeah he's not in the hulu one but, right right like do we do you want to talk about that part now sure <laughs> i mean i brought it up <laughs> well um, no what was his, in what capacity was he like an advisor was he an investor what was he he i think turned? he was an investor who i guess believed so strongly in billy's vision that he was willing to just go to the end ends of the earth literally yeah there's one point in the film where they get in some some financial straits so Mm -hmm. billy asks this guy i'll let you continue i'll let you finish okay which so okay (laughs) so it's something about water right it's like the avion water they didn't have the money to pay like the intercontinental tax or whatever it was to get the water imported into the bahamas right and so it was like a last resort. They called him up. I don't know. To me, this sounds almost like a hate crime where they're like, you're there. You're the gay guy here. Go and, you know, give him a BJ so we can get our water. You know, being the subservient believer that he was, he agreed to do it. And so he, he went, agreed to do it. Yeah, he agreed to do it. And then when he got there, you know, the guy was like, you're kidding me, right? You're not actually going to suck my dick. <laughs> Right. And he's like, I was ready to, but he's like, here, just take the water and pay me when you have, when you can. Well, first of all, <laughs> first of all, everything about this is wrong. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, you know, if someone just shows up and they're in, if you don't like guys, you don't want a guy, you know what I mean? Right, and right. If, and if you're, if you have, and if you have any type of morals, mm-hmm. if you have any type of morals, if they sent a, a girl over to do that, you would, your reaction should be the same. No, no, no. This right. isn't what's gonna happen. Right. Which but is... it was not that this guy believed in this shyster Billy McFarlane <laughs> so much that he was gonna do that. Right. And Unbelievable. That's why I was saying I'm like, that sounds like a like a hate crime. Like yeah. oh, you're the gay guy. You you go, you know, go do your thing and 
get done when we need to get done. I, I was just the whole time that that guy was telling his story. I'm like, what? Well, he's <laughs> gone viral now. Yeah, he's gone. Oh, sure. to, and he's made comments like, oh, I don't want to be known as the blowjob king now. Well, then you should have told that story <laughs> on Netflix <laughs> of all places. I, um, I used to work in uh, reality television, you know, on um, mm-hmm. on uh, on um, well, on reality shows. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I would t- I, every I would always tell people, I'm like, if you're ever offered to go on a reality show, do not do it. Mm. I go just no matter what they promise you or anything. I go once you sign. They can do anything with that footage they want to do. They can literally sure. make say anything. I mean, not that not that they were doing that in these two documentaries. But what I'm saying is the term in the industry, they call it frankenbiting. Where like I would get notes and it would say, Hey, um, is there anywhere where Josh says uh he's gonna steal that truck? I'm just <laughs> using a, a vague example. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, I'll look. And I would look through the transcripts and everything, and I'd go, nope. And then they would say, well, make them say it. <laughs> so you would literally have to wow. find – You first of all, you hope that Josh says truck. But if, <laughs> if that if, – if that, obviously, if they're asking you to say that, then truck is part of the story must somewhere. And, and then you, sometimes you would, you would clip together word by word. Or they might have, they might have, a, they might have footage of you saying in an interview saying – uh, saying something like, uh, this is why people believe it, Josh. I have a camera on you and I'm interviewing you. And you say, when it comes to Bill's truck, okay, and we show you saying that. <laughs> then they show footage of the truck. And that's after you say that, that's when they cut in, I'm going to steal that. I'm going to steal that. So people, like my mom would watch Rally. She's like, I saw the guy say it. I'm like, She'll watch The Bachelor. I'm like, no. I guarantee you didn't see him say it. You saw him say the first part or the second part of the sentence. Mm-hmm. But the the part that is the sensationalized part, I guarantee you didn't see him say that. It was over footage of something else. Right. And it was probably all done in the editing suite, you know? Yes. And that's mm-hmm. that's how they get away with it. And it's uh, – and I don't miss that. It's not It's not fun. Right, it's manipulating the mass public. I I worked on a show where it, I can't. I don't think I can say the name of the show. Okay. Well, I got to be honest with you. I'm going to say this: mm-hmm. when you would get hired on these, they would give you a whole packet of papers to sign, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the uh, one of the papers would be your NDA, your non disclosure agreement. I would always pull that out of the packet and throw it away, and nine times out of ten. You would just hand them in the pack, and they would just leave through it real quick. They would never, you know. Once in a while, they'd go, "Hey, Pat, uh, your NDA wasn't in there." I'm like, "Oh, I, I, I didn't know." And then I'd sign it. But <laughs> I always tried to not sign it because yeah. I, I don't. It's like, a lot not, of liability there. Yeah, I worked on this one show where they had two families, and the one family they were uh, lower middle class, a mm-hmm. great family. They got along, loving, great family. Then the other family was an upper class family. Uh, rich and they like literally didn't even interact with each other. They were just like (laughs) zombies. So the lower class family was the good family and the rich family was the evil family and they made us switch it completely. They said, make this family look like the bad family and these people look like the good family. And I was like, Oh no. I was like, why, why would we do that? The, 
Because for me, the actual footage that we always had on any of these shows was always just as good, actually better than anything we manufactured. Oh, I'm sure, I sure, yeah. Couldn't understand why we would go all of this work to Frankenbite and do this and do that when we had the stuff right here. Right. So that was rough. Uh, that that kind of stuff was rough. I did not enjoy that. That's got to hurt when the family themselves are watching this on TV. Yeah. Probably under the impression that it's going to paint them in a different light and seeing that happen. I worked on shows that would be in a second season and they're getting calls from the people that were in the first season yelling and screaming on the phone. I saw it happening and they would yeah. just go, what? You signed, you signed the paper. You know, it's, I'm just like, wow. And I wonder how much of that, what you described here is done in these movies. I always take any documentary I watch with a grain of salt for that reason. Yeah. I mean, their directors always have an agenda. Producers always have an agenda. Yep. I, I, yeah, I agree. It's like, what do you want to, you know, what, what's the end game? You want to make Billy look bad? Well, that's easy. If you yeah. want to make him, if you want to do that all on his own. <laughs> yeah. If you want to make him look good and see like what, if you're trying to make him look good, that, that would be hard to do. Right. Interestingly, I just found this out today, actually. If you watch the Netflix documentary, it doesn't have any interviews with anybody who worked for Fuck Jerry because they helped to finance that particular documentary. And the Hulu wow. one did not. Okay. And Billy's right-hand man, what was that? The, the guy with the glasses? I can't remember his name. Grant, I think. Grant, I think you're right. Yeah, he was not. They didn't even mention him in the Hulu one. No, they didn't. It was weird how some people were totally in one and not in the other. Mm -hmm. I felt bad for the people that were just, they just were caught up. They were working for Billy. Oh, and the, the poor, um, the, the natives from the Bahamas. That broke my heart. Well, you know the woman in the one that um, fed everyone and said that she lost $50,000, which was her life savings? Mm -hmm. There was an Indiegogo for her, and they raised over $135,000. Wow. So, and you know, when I watch that, every time I watch a documentary, I watch it as if I, I have Tom Hanks money. <laughs> and then I imagine, I want, if Tom Hanks was watching this, would he just send her 50 grand? <laughs> because that's what I hope would happen. So I was yeah. glad I was glad to read that that she recouped money. They had all these workers on this on the island in the Bahamas that, you know, built everything and set everything up and then they didn't pay them. And they're doing backbreaking uh, labor. Oh yeah, like 24 hours a day. They didn't stop. And they just yeah, I mean, made them work longer hours the closer it got to the festival and they knew that it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, it's nuts. Then I liked how that that some of the people that were like working behind the scenes that were, they were just underlings, but they were supposed to make calls and do, you know, office work or whatever it was. They were like so caught up in it, even though they were like, oh, there's no way this is going to happen. And then they go, then it started to, the night before people were supposed to arrive, it started to pour down <laughs> rain. rain. And the one guy said, he just started to laugh. And he wasn't making fun of the people that were flying there and spending the money. Mm -hmm. It was just like a nervous reaction. Like, I can't believe this. When it rains, it pours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was funny, uh, what was, what was weird about this to me? And, you know, we're giving some spoilers away. People are, are getting on a plane to fly there. And Billy McFarlane and, and Ya Rule, is it Ja Rule or Ya Rule? Ja Rule with a, ja with a J. Yeah. They, they know this isn't, happening none of the yeah. bands are coming they've all canceled so 
they just thought these people would come and be like, oh, we're fine that none of the bands are here. What? Yeah, let's hang out in our FEMA tents all weekend and yeah. just get drunk and be stranded together. <laughs> like, yeah. what if is I, going through their heads? Right. If I went to see... If I went to see the Stones, and when I got there, they go, the Stones aren't here, but Counting Crows are still going to play. Well, what? No. (laughs) No. Except it wouldn't be Counting Crows. Like, that would be the equivalent of the Stones canceling and having, like, I don't know, Ted Nugent replace them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, terrible. How is Ja Rule not in jail? That doesn't make sense to me because he was complicit in this whole thing. Absolutely. Did you notice that he stopped hearing his name? About halfway through both of the movies. Yeah, why, why, why is he getting a pass on this? I don't know. How did he get involved in the first place? I, I know, and they, God, those videos they made. I have to tell, <laughs> what a bunch of douchebags they are, smoking big cigars and drinking and my, and living, living large. It's literally, <laughs> it's literally like a rap video, but the yeah. rap video, you know, they're making. They're making a video for entertainment. Right. You know what I mean? It's clearly staged, whereas this is not clearly staged. Yeah, this is staged, but it's supposed to play like it's real. It would I'm I'm telling you. You know, fascinating. I'm gonna I'm gonna give Ja Rule some credit though, because he yeah. has a couple one liners in the movie that I think are like up with some of the best of the year. <laughs> like it's not right it's down. not it's not fraud, it's false advertising is my personal favorite. <laughs> Oh my God! What is it? He can work for the uh, for the uh, Trump's administration. Right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I recommend that people watch these. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do. They too. are entertaining. I mean, don't um, don't cancel a night out with friends to stay in and watch <laughs> it. But if you're folding your laundry, right? You know what I mean? Or or doing other things. These are great documentaries to have on while you're doing other things. Mm-hmm. It cured me of ever wanting to go to a music festival. In my entire life. Yeah, because even even the good music festivals, and again, I'll say Coachello, mm-hmm. even that, I'm like, I don't want to drive out to the desert and sleep in a, no. a tent for a that That never appealed to me. No. Have you ever been to a music festival? Um, I've been to like an, no, no, not like, no. Not no, like I where mean, you sleep in a tent okay, or anything like example, that? For example, I won tickets to uh, for OzFest. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't. I didn't show up at the venue until uh, forty-five minutes before Ozzy went on, because I, I don't. I don't want. I don't care about all that. And do uh, I call you dude? It's fine. Uh, <laughs> gosh, when I call you dude because my friend that I went with, Mike Schmidt, we always call each other dude. Dude. <laughs> when we got there, Josh, and this has been going on all day. Like I don't know what number Ozzy was the headliner, but there had been bands all day. The whole venue. Um, I think it's called the, I think it's called, it was called the Glen Helen Pavilion. We call it the Hills Have Eyes Pavilion because mm-hmm. it's out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Place was trash when we got there. Like I'd go to the bathroom. I walked in the bathroom. All the toilets had overflown. Oh God. Everyone was drunk. Everyone had like, like there were, I'm trying to think of a band that was there. I can't even like, let's say Tool was one of the bands. Okay. The guy had like a T-shirt that just said "fucking tool." I mean, it was like <laughs> everyone was hammered. Everyone was a mess. World class douchebags. It was unbelievable because <laughs> these people had been there all day. So then um, we get to our seats, which were pretty close, and Ozzy comes out, and the first thing he does is he has a shaving cream cannon, 
and he sprays down. Luckily, we weren't in. We just missed it by like three rows because <laughs> my friend Mike is like, how bad are those people going to smell when that shaving cream dries? And it's just I go, this whole place is gross. It was so gross. It was unbelievable. So, no, I can't imagine being at at a fest at a festival and like spending time there and thinking it was cool. Yeah, I did it once. Never again. What was it? It was it was actually a tiny little music festival in the Finger Lakes called Grassroots Music Festival, and it's like mostly like folk artists, a couple of reggae and stuff like that, like real hippie, granola kind of scene. And it was, and I remember I I decided to volunteer because you could get like a super discount on the weekend pass if if you volunteered for like three hours. So I did uh-huh. that, and I worked the parking lot. So boring, so hot, wasn't worth it at all. No, the, it, it didn't sleep the entire weekend. Got puked on multiple times. I, uh, I I went swimming at one point and I almost sliced my toe open, and uh, the, it was it was terrible. So yeah, I don't need to go out in the middle of the desert. I, again, I'm not bragging. I live in Los Angeles. Right. Everyone comes here. I don't need to drive out to the desert. And I got to be honest, there's no one that I need to see that badly. Right. No one. <laughs> not one, not one band that I that I would feel the need to like. Right, not even Blink One Eighty Two. And they had the sense to pull out uh, way in advance. Yeah, yeah, they were the first ones I think to to bail on the whole thing. They were the first ones that realized this this is phony. Three surfer punks figured it out. <laughs> Skateboard rats. I just the 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 amount of delusion that are going through these people's heads. I just, just so they can be in proximity to celebrities. Also, I think it's just a psychological thing where they've never failed at anything in their life. You know, I don't know if it's like the pampered white boy thing or whatever, but I'm like the exact opposite of that. I derive joy from the tiniest of things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Like today I went to Freak Beat Records because <laughs> I was there the other day and I didn't have time to look through their dollar section because they have <laughs> tons of CDs for a buck. So I, I, I was there today mm-hmm. and uh, I found nine CDs. I'm like, oh nice. my God, 90 songs for nine bucks, basically. You cannot beat that. No, I got I got a, a Liz Fair, a couple Van Morrison. Uh, there nice. were a couple the darkness. I'm like, no, I'll try that for a dollar. Yeah, that's good you stuff for a dollar. Yeah. Did you find so, any monsters, by the way? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you did. There was one monster there for a buck. Perfect. So, yes. Um, uh, monster, of course, for people listening, is the REM CD that's the most uh, traded in CD I think of all. <laughs> and they're coming out Which with is a actually a good album. They're coming out with a del- it is a good album. And they're coming out with the deluxe edition this year. Yes, I, I heard and about that. I really want to have uh, Mike Mills on. He lives out here. Oh yeah, I met him recently. Oh where? He was just touring with his like his orchestral thing that he did, and oh, cool. um, it was right in Buffalo. Yeah, he stayed after the show. My brother works for the venue that he was playing at, so really really cool. Yeah, I just uh, I- I'm gonna try my hardest to get him on the show when this deluxe edition comes out just to go track by track monster and talk about monster and talk about that would be amazing. He wasn't well received when it was first released. And uh, 
strictly talk about Monster, I think, and and then obviously get him to sign a bunch of copies because yeah. I have a dozen copies. That's so awesome. I really hope that works out. I'd love to hear that. I I, I mean I I do too. Knock on wood. I, yeah. I won't I won't reach out until I have a release date on that on that thing. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. You had mentioned something, and I cut you off. <laughs> I was just saying how I drive pleasure. Like tonight, when we're done recording here, mm-hmm. I have a uh, I have a, a horror film I've never seen before that I just uh, I write reviews for a, a website called Pop Culture Beast, mm-hmm. and uh, our payment is we get we get free DVDs and CDs and concert tickets and all kinds of stuff like that. So cool. Yeah. So I just uh, there's a horror film I've never seen. It just came in the mail mm-hmm. uh, for free. It stars Peter Cushing. And Telly Savalas. And <laughs> so it's a recent movie. <laughs> and Christopher Lee. No, it's not recent. Uh, All Dead. It's called Horror oh, Express. It takes place on a train. I've never seen it, but I am uh, I am so psyched to just that sounds uh, that sounds put so that great. On. I know. Yeah. I mean, and I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I really. So these people that have to pay this high ticket price to get on a, a plane and fly to an island and. And 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 hang with, hang with people that you wouldn't want to be stuck in an elevator with. Right. I mean, the, it was fun watching the whole trajectory of when they first get on the plane, and that, yeah. that girl made that comment like, "Oh, here's our private jet. I've been in economy classes that were better than this." Yeah. <laughs> that they, um, they're looking out the window, and they see this little deserted island that had no infrastructure whatsoever to support any kind of no. festival. No. <laughs> and just seeing their reactions, like their their whole yeah. face just melts. <laughs> it was um, it's funny because you you pretty much if you start watching this, you know going in that it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? But then as it goes on, even though you know it's not going to happen, then you start to root for it not to happen. Even though you know it's not going to happen, I was like, oh, I can't wait for these people to get here. <laughs> I don't. I I kind of didn't have any. Um, I didn't really have much compassion for the people. Oh no paid that money either so i'm like oh where do you get here idiots i mean that's the nicest word i can use for them idiots yeah well there's that word that everybody's using now schadenfreude to talk about this whole movement where it's like getting pleasure out of watching people fail (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's a perfect word to use for this because after the festival social media was going crazy making fun of all these people who paid those obscene ticket prices right people didn't oh oh this is my I think my favorite part of the whole thing, going back to Billy uh-huh. McFarlane, whatever his name, the fa- when he was caught, he had charges pressed against him and he was put under house arrest, right? Yeah. So he decided it would be a good idea to keep scamming people. Oh, my God. Yes. After, like with these insane tickets to the Met Gala, which you can't buy tickets for, and like a Taylor Swift meet and greet, he sent sending emails to these people and phone calls. He had one of his friends like use a voice decoy after he was already on probation. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. No. You're on probation. You're obviously guilty. Right. You, you pretty much feel like you're going to go to jail. Why would you continue to be fraudulent right. and, and scam people? It doesn't make any sense. That, um, that's why I think it's something – there has to be some kind of psychological issue yeah. there. The uh, What was that term you used again about why, uh, people uh, – Schadenfreude. Okay. Now, I'm going to use that term to explain something. Okay. Uh, when uh, my background is stand-up comedy, um, I was a full-time stand-up for six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started in Chicago, and um, <laughs> the best thing when I was starting stand-up, and, and I was in a community of stand-ups, and 
the best thing was when you went to see your friend perform, you always wanted to watch your friend bomb. <laughs> it was the funniest. It was the great. You never wanted to. You didn't want to go watch your friend kill. You wanted to watch him bomb because it was the great. It was the funniest thing from the back of the room. No one's laughing. But in the back of the room, then there's like five or six other comedians who are just cracking up because you're watching your friend just die up there. Now, at the same time, in stand-up, when you're when you're bombing, you're also learning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it is it was so fun to watch your friend bomb or for them to see you bomb. And then you would come off and it'd be like, oh, my God. And you'd be like, you suck, dude. You know, it'd just be like. <laughs> and that's just part of the fun of it. Just part of the fun of it. It really <laughs> was. If you were, you know. Yeah. I, mean, I never you know, thought like, about that, yeah, but it's true. Was, if your friend was having a great show you you like that but it was sure. it was real fun to watch them bomb right <laughs> i never thought about that but it makes sense yeah the yep. same thing i would imagine for like if you're you know on a double bill at a concert or something like that and watching the band that you're playing with totally suck <laughs> like they're they're sucking before uh before you come on so you can destroy right exactly off topic a little mm-hmm. bit not really what was the last concert you saw uh steven wilson Back in October. Oh, and, and now, I have not gotten into Stephen Wilson yet. I've listened to, I think, two albums. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a while to get into him. Yeah, I haven't got into him yet. I, I have a lot of albums that he has uh, remixed. Oh, those are so good. He does he does a lot of that stuff with Yes mm-hmm. and Chicago and, and and a number of other bands. Was it, but I heard he I heard he puts on an amazing show. It was a great show. It was it was long. It was a little over three hours with an intermission, and um, okay. Yeah, great light show. A lot of um, you know, some really cool videos and stuff like that. And the, the band was so 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 tight. It sounded just like the albums, which I'm always oh, which that's I'm cool. always impressed by. Do you want it? Do you want it to be that? Like when we saw when I saw when I saw ELO, mm-hmm. it was like perfect. But sometimes when I see a live show, I want there to be a little something a little dangerous about it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean. Y- ELO is not going to be dangerous. Right. You know what I mean. Yeah, like, a, like an edge that's not on the album. Yeah, and I always use the words some a little spontaneity yeah. or, of some sort or something different. I don't know. I see what you're saying. You don't want to pay that money to hear what you can hear at home. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, I don't want I don't want to go see – like I never got to see the Ramones. Mm. I love the Ramones. I love all their records. But when I hear a live album – I don't like it that much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's um it's too raw. Yeah. It's too They're one of the bands that benefit from studio polish. Yeah, I mean, maybe if I'm there I would love it cuz you're you're in the moment right. and there and you don't realize it, but that's just uh, me. I saw uh yeah, I had a bucket list concert last Saturday. I oh, finally yeah. saw Elton John, right? Elton John. Yeah. We've had the tickets for a year. It was my birthday present last year. Mm-hmm. Now it's this February and we finally went. And um, it was very strange because he sounds great. The band sounds great. But I didn't really think about it that much. He, he, the guy's 71 years old. Yeah, He's overweight. And he, he sits behind the piano. 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as far as the show goes, it's not much there. <laughs> it's, not, it's not really much there. I mean, they would, they showed, they had a giant video, the best video screen I've ever seen. Uh, mm. Gigantic. So you got to see Elton up close. You got to see his hands, got to see the band. And then sometimes they would show uh, films that went with the songs, but the film, they didn't really go with the songs. Like they weren't, they definitely weren't literal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The, the song, I guess that's why they call it the blues. Mm-hmm. The video was all about people that were together that didn't want to be together or oh. that were having a shitty time at whatever. And Pilar, like, my wife leans over to me. She goes, that's really not the video <laughs> that I thought was going with this sentimental song. Right. I go, I know, right? So, um, so that was weird. And then, like, between songs, Elton would stand up. He would bang the lid of his grand piano. Like, bang it, like, woohoo! And then he would, like, point at different sections of the crowd and he would walk a little bit, walk, walk up and down and he wouldn't high five anyone. He yeah. just walk up and down and point and then he back to sitting down and playing the next song. Now we saw Billy Joel a year and a half ago. Mm, he puts on and one hell of a show. He put on an amazing show. And I was trying to figure out what the difference was because he's overweight. He's, over, <laughs> he's it probably he's in his seventies. Yep. Yeah, he sits be he looks like Orson Welles. He sits behind the piano. <laughs> but I think he came out from the piano and maybe sang a couple at the mic, but he just seemed to have a lot more zip and a lot more energy. I saw both of them together. They shared a bill. Uh-huh. And okay. it was obvious when they were on stage the difference in, in showmanship between Elton and Billy. Yeah. Like Billy would be standing on the piano and jumping up and down and tossing his mic up in the air and talking to the audience. And Elton, like you said, yeah. he would just kind of phone it in, play the songs and bow and leave and billy joel was really self-deprecating yeah yeah he sang the ballad of billy the kid he said before i sing this i'm going to explain to you all the inaccuracies in this song (laughs) which is uh i can't think of the lyrics but like one something is about east and west of the rio grande yeah yeah well that's wrong because the rio grande runs this way i mean it's just hysterical but he was really self-deprecating and i i find him to probably not be a great guy but yeah. um yeah hired gun changed my opinion a little bit but <laughs> yeah yeah yes exactly but he was uh yeah he was he really had some zip and another thing is all of Elton John's stage patter since this is his farewell tour yeah. was all about it was very maudlin it was very very much about like saying goodbye like I'm thankful oh, for the fan yeah thanks for coming out and I'm thankful for my relationship with Bernie Taupin and I'm thankful and I appreciate this and I appreciate that so it was very it was very much um, like sentimentally and sappy. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. But like a uh, uh, not a downer, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Where Billy Joel, he hasn't announced retirement. He's only retired from making new music, and that was mm-hmm. twenty eight years ago. Right, right. So he's like, Ooh, this is what I do now. Let's have a great time, <laughs> piano man." He's really owning it, and Elton John is just going through the motions. Also, it seems like whenever whenever there's a concert in L.A., I always uh, I always know that there's a uh, there's a chance of a special guest coming out. Ah, uh, yes. And uh, for no special guest without John, Billy Joel brought out Pink, Ooh. who sang New York State of Mind. Oh, my God. And then he brought out Axl Rose. What? And they did Highway to Hell. Are you kidding me? That's no, amazing. No, it was amazing. Yes. And then we saw the Foo Fighters out here once. It was when Dave was in the uh, – he had, his leg was broke, so he was playing from the uh, the guitar throne. <laughs> <laughs> he brings Stevie Nicks out and they sang Stop Dragging My Heart Get Around. Get out of here. That's amazing. 
and the the girl band uh, Haim mm-hmm. came out and sang background vocals. <laughs> That's incredible. Then, yeah, and then Jack Blacks jumped up and they did a I forget what Rush song they did, maybe Tom Sawyer. Uh-huh. But I was just like. Oh my God. I mean, that's, um, that's one of the coolest things about living out here. If you like music, because Mm -hmm. sometimes people would just play that aren't on tour. Mm -hmm. You'll just, you'll, you'll just hear about it. Hey, Cheryl Crow's at the Troubadour Friday. And you're like, are you kidding? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Not even on tour, you know, just stuff like that. And then, and then you try to get in and sometimes you do and sometimes you don't, but, um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good music city as I'm sure. You know, Chicago, New York, Austin, all those places. Yeah, Nashville. Where, yeah, Nashville. Where do you go? Because you're in Buffalo. Yeah. Where do you go to see shows? More often than not, usually either at the arena or we have a place called the Town Ballroom, which is kind of like a, I don't know what I could compare it to. It's just like a standing room only kind of place with a bar, like medium size. That's where I saw Stephen Wilson. Okay. Either there's sometimes at the, like the um, our, our version of the Pantages for what you have. Sometimes they'll have some decent people come through like neil young played there a couple years ago oh that nice. was pretty cool yep and um prince played there the last time he was in buffalo wow which is, uh, did you did you see that i did not i, I <laughs> and the reason i didn't is because it was like the week after i went to college yeah and i couldn't go so it was it was a disappointment but i, I like i'm a, i i always liked prince uh, i i know all the hits mm-hmm. I'm not a big prince album guy and yeah. you know i know purple I know, you know, but uh, but I I did. My friends out here were going to see him at the uh, at the Staples Center, and they're like, "You want to go see Prince?" And I'm like, "Yeah," because even though I I just know the hits, and I didn't know, and sometimes I know he plays deep cuts. I still felt like that's going to be a pretty great show. Yeah, and uh, and man, it was. I can only imagine he was a bucket lister for me, and that yeah. obviously didn't pan out. But <laughs> but yeah, yeah, well, for, yeah, boy, I never. Yeah, I never saw the Ramones. I never saw Queen with Freddie. Oh, so yeah, it's tough. Mm. It's tough. I, I always tell people, I go, if there's an artist who is a, a I'll say, call them a, a veteran artist. Mm-hmm. I go, that you've never seen. I always say, what are you waiting for? Because yeah. you you don't know, you don't know what's going to happen. The, Not to you, but to to them. To, to them. Yeah. yeah, you should you should definitely go. Like. Um, uh, Mike Siegel, one of my co-hosts on Rock Solid, he was asking me how Elton John was because he had never seen him either. And I said, I was telling him exactly what I told you. And he's like, ah, maybe I won't because he was thinking about going. He goes, maybe I won't go. I go, no, 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 no. I go, if you've never seen him, you have to go. Right. <laughs> I'm not telling you not to go. I would never tell people not to go to anything. Yeah. Uh, even like when I see a movie, I'm like, I didn't like it, but you should still go see it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so he went, he actually enjoyed it uh more than i did really so uh i go see it's a good thing he's like no everything you said was true but uh, i didn't mind that so i don't know if i do you have any bucket list people right now you know the who this this tour that's why i'm jumping all over it i've never seen them it's got my ticket and uh it's uh i I hate when people say oh adultery can't sing anymore it it literally takes roger about three songs to really get warmed up Mm -hmm. so the first three or four can be sketchy but then he gets he gets warmed up mm-hmm. and they're great. Like I never, I never miss the who, cause I love the who so much and their tickets, unlike the stones are, are more reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. And the stones are on my list too, but I don't know. 
it's it's, so it's a price funny. thing yeah and they're like they're coming to the i've seen them i saw them once seagull has not mm-hmm. they're coming here in maybe they're coming to the the rose bowl i mean oh, yeah that's a stadium right every seat is, know, a, is a nosebleed every seat's a nosebleed and it's um and when I saw them, I saw them at uh, I saw them at Dodger Stadium, which is mm-hmm. still a stadium, but not as big as not the, the Rose Bowl. Ball, yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's that's uh, that's rough. I I can't really think of I don't know if I have many bands that I haven't gotten to see in in some form or another. Now, you know, do you, seen... do you have any bands that you um kind of look back on now and be like, oh, I'm so glad I was able to see them while I had the opportunity. Like Any, ones that have either broken up or passed away or something like that. And anyone who's passed, I mean, I got to see, I got to see Tom Petty out here with Mudcrutch mm. twice, both times at really small venues. The first time at the Troubadour, which only holds about three hundred people. Oh wow! And then the other time really was at cool. the, the Fonda, which holds maybe two thousand. So, even though I only I only saw Tom Petty in the Heartbreakers once way back in 1987 uh seeing these mud crutch shows it's so close to the to him was really that was really something cool i, c- I never thought, could imagine never thought he would be passed away i i didn't get into bowie until uh, a few years ago I, again i knew the hits yeah. so i can't really say oh i wish i would have seen bowie because when he was touring i wouldn't have gone anyway right you know what i mean right. and he was so, ever, uh, was he known for his live act I don't know that don't, he was such a not live performer. I don't know. I don't know if that's a, if, I don't know the answer to that, but I try to, I try to see anyone that I like now that I had, like I I've had never seen Joan Jett and I got to finally do that. Um, I got into Joe Jackson late. I knew the oh, hits, yeah. but now I have mm-hmm. the album. So I went to see him three or four years ago on his last tour mm-hmm. that he did. Yeah. I saw that too. That was a great tour. I wish I would have seen Phil Collins. He came through in October, but I just couldn't, yeah. just couldn't swing it. Yeah. I did see Genesis once, so, but um, yeah, I would really have to go through my CD collection and say, oh, I didn't see this person, or I'd like to see that person. But kind of feels like, you know, Elton was the big one. It kind of feels like I've I've seen. You've completed the journey. Maybe I mean I I'll still there's like like I said the Who. Yeah. You know I hope that. The Kinks are supposed to release an album this year. So oh, yeah, I did hear they, about that. I did see the Kinks in 92, but yeah, the Kinks tour. Yes. Absolutely. I I don't know that they would. I, they don't strike me as the touring kind these days, but I could be completely wrong. Well, no, Dave, Dave and Ray both have toured solo mm-hmm. the past, you know, few years. That's true. So it would be, it would be kind of strange if they didn't, tour but yeah. when they, you know the stones come to dodger stadium the who comes to the hollywood bowl and the the kinks are going to be at the wiltern theater they'll be at a theater you know yeah, what i mean Yeah, that's true i would go see zeppelin if they ever regrouped for sure Oh, absolutely um actually one of my bucket list ones is i've never seen the monkeys with nesmith i've only seen them with the three others i kind of find it kind of shitty that michael nesmith when davy was around avoided the tours and then as soon as Davey was gone, oh, sure, I'll get back on the road. <laughs> kind of, I don't know. That's kind of dickish, it right? Is. I yeah, mean, that's true. And I, don't know who's, I don't know who's to blame. Maybe, 
I don't know anything about those guys. Maybe Davy Jones was a dick, and Nesmith's <laughs> like, I'm not going on tour with that guy. Could be. But I, so I don't know. But um, it's just weird that they those four couldn't. Yeah, it speaks it volumes. Together. Yeah. Yeah, get it together for at least one tour. Right. Because, you know, now it's uh, yeah. I'm I'm glad I went to see that show with um, uh, with Craig and uh, Megan. Craig. Yep. <laughs> with Craig. So. Uh, Is there anything else you wanted to cover about? Any of the the movie or anything? I think we. I, I mean, I, I don't. I, I mean, no, I don't think so. I mean, it's uh, they pretty much speak douche- for themselves. Like you know, like it's douchebaggery at its finest. Yep. Documentary and, uh, filmmaking uh, at its most manipulative, <laughs> right? In places. Yeah, and um, and just uh, I don't know if there's one likable person on the screen. Uh, the people, the the people who work. Yes, the worker. yep. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, I recommend watching them, yeah. but like I said, don't, don't make it event TV. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just uh, casually put it on, and or if you're, you it, know, if you're your... in the mood for for making fun of millennials, yeah, they're just like ninety minutes long yeah. too. I don't think they're, I don't think they're. You long. could easily watch them both back to back. Making fun of millennials, <laughs> you could, yeah, you, yeah, you could, yeah. Have a uh, have a fire fest uh, party. The Netflix yes. one is ninety seven minutes. Mm-hmm. And the and the other Hulu's is ninety six. Oh, there you go. A minute minute, a, minute apart. <laughs> minute apart. So roughly Netflix the same with the credits. Yes. So um well thanks for having me on. Oh, Pat, this has been such a blast. Thank you for offering to do this and I hope I can have you on again sometime in the future. And I look forward to you making another trip to LA. Yes. And, I'm uh, hoping to sometime in the near future. Rocksolidpodcast.com. You can find Everything about the show, you can even find links to listen to the show. So rocksolidpodcast.com. And uh, yes, thanks again, Josh. You're, this show is, is great. And I'm so glad that uh, uh, quite a few of the listeners ha- have gotten into podcasting uh, recently. Yeah, and, which uh, is really I cool think, to see. I think it's cool. So because it, it is it's a fun pastime. It's a fun outlet. And it's um it, it's it's just fun. So it is. Yes. And that's and it. thank you so much for your time. And for me, um, you can find me on Twitter at Rock Movies Pod. And my email address, if you want to send me anything, is movies at rockpod at gmail.com. And don't forget to leave either of our podcast reviews on iTunes because that always helps people find the show. Yes. And I'm at Rocks. The show is at Rock Solid Show. And that's all fun stuff and music related. And then my personal Twitter is at Pat underscore Francis. And that's where uh, I'll rail against Trump and people get angry. (laughs) People get angry. I don't understand. But anyway, if you want to have fun, go to uh, at Rock Solid Show. Thanks again, Pat. You have a great night. Enjoy your movie. I will. And uh, take care, Josh. And we'll see you soon. Sounds good. We'll see you too. See you soon. Take care. I took her out. It was a Friday night. I walk alone. Get the feeling right We started making out And she took off my pants But then I turned on the TV And that's about the time She walked away from me Nobody likes you when you're 23 And I saw more abuse by TV shows What the hell is ADD? My friends say I should act my age What's my age again? What's my age again? But later on On the drive home Of me. And that's about the time that bitch hung up on me 
Nobody loves you when you're 23 